Hi, I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and I have a question for you. What are you doing on Sunday night, June 20th at 6.30 p.m.? We have the Dove Award-winning five-man band, The Katinas. I want you to check your calendar. Mark it up. June 20th at 6.30 p.m. That's our nighttime service. We call it the day one service. It's Sunday night, June 20th. Make sure you bring an unsafe friend. That's the Katina's Live for free. Check us out at CoreChurchLA.org. That's CoreChurchLA.org. And may God richly bless you. Why is it that we only take time to pray when an emergency knocks on the door of our lives? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now, here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Hey, this is part two of this message on this day. And I was talking about June 13th. Because June 13, 2021 landed on a Sunday, as you know. Well, guess what that day was? It was not only my birthday, June 13th, but it was the birth of Core Church Los Angeles. The birth of Core Church LA happened on June 13th, 2010. So we just had our 11th birthday. And so I was talking about some of the crazy things that have happened on June 13th. But guess what happened? And I ended with this on our last program is that on June 13th, 2013, three years to the day from the time that we were birthed, starting with our very first person, we put down $600,000 on the building that we have today. And you might think, well, where in the world did you get 600 grand? Well, there was a lady that came to our very first service. She had come down with stage four cancer and her life was completely turned upside down. So she called me one day and said, hey, Pastor Steve, I want to give you and your wife, Lori, my house. And I said, well, Beverly, you know, don't give it to us. Give it to the church so that we could use it as a down payment for a building. And that's exactly what she did. And we sold her house in Century City. And after we paid the lawyer, after we paid off uh, the house, uh, after we paid off all the bills and everything, there was $607,000 left. Well, it was just right after that that we found our current building. And so we had a meeting with the owner, and he wanted $8.5 million for the building. And I said, I'm telling you, we've got the vision to, to set this city free. We have the vision to share Christ with this dark city. And I said, you got the building? I got the vision. He says, yeah, but you don't have any money. I said, listen, I'm telling you. And he was a Jewish man. And I said, I'm telling you, sir, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is going to give us this building. And he said, well, listen, you deal with faith. 
I deal with money. <laughs> so it's like he goes, the only way I'll sell you this building is if you can give me $600,000 down and sign a contract that if you don't come up with the rest of the money, then I get to keep all of your six hundred grand. I said, okay. And so he didn't know that Beverly had left the 600000 And that's the number. And that's the number that I had said that we're going to use to put a down payment. So I cut him a check. I didn't ask our board. I didn't do anything. I just gave him the check and I signed the contract. My lawyer said, you are out of your mind. But he says, well, you know, where does a man ever walk by faith? And so I remember sitting with my wife one day, and, and she said, you know, she saw me just going, man, honey, we need like a lot of money. We need like cubic dollars to buy this building. And my wife walked up to me, and she had her hands about an inch apart. And she said, if we can believe God for this, and then she took her arms and she stretched them out. She goes, why can't we believe him for this? And at that moment, I'm telling you, God gave me the gift of faith to buy that building. Well, we went on for the next four months, and we were doing everything we could. It was right after we got that down payment down to them that someone, a friend at our church, talked to someone that they knew, and that person said, we will loan you $6.5 million if you can come up with $2 million. I said, yes. So we went on our you know, way to try to find $2 million. And we already had 600000 so we needed $1.4 million. Well, at the end of that four months, guess what? It was the day of escrow, and I was $260,000 short. I remember laying in my bed that morning, not even getting out of bed, and I was just thinking to myself, man, Lord, it's like I don't know what I could have done different. I don't know what I could have done. We're $260,000 short. I wonder what's going to happen to me when the church finds out that I gave $600,000 away that we're going to lose. Are they going to tar and feather me? What's going to happen? So I'm just laying in bed, but I have to tell you, I had this incredible peace. I'm thinking, Lord, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it again because I was just convinced, Lord, that you were going to give us this building somehow, somewhere. So while I'm actually thinking that, my phone goes off. I'm still not even out of bed yet. And it's just a text with a phone number. I'm like, who is this? How did this person get my phone number? And it says, can you meet me at my bank? I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm not doing anything else this morning. <laughs> it's like, so I text him back. I said, well, where's your bank? And he says, on the corner of Beverly and Wilshire and Beverly Hills. I'm thinking, well, that's just right up the street from the church. So I got up, I took a shower and I, you know, I drove up there, parked in the two hour free parking garage, of course, because I'm always saving a penny. Anyway, I'm walking up the sidewalk and I see this guy and it was on a Monday. And I go, that's the guy I said hi to yesterday at the church. It was the first time he had ever been to church. I just said hi to him and his wife. Then I said, hi, how's it going? He goes, hey, I hear you're a little short. And I said, yes. He goes, how much are you short? I said, $260,000. And he goes, do you have the account number for your church with you and the routing number? I said, yeah, I carry it in my wallet. He goes, well, can I see it? I said, yes. And he walked into the bank And he came out five minutes later and said, okay, there you go. I didn't want to give you a cashier's check because I heard that you needed it today. So I just wired it into your account. And there it was. We had the money. We put down $2 million. The other person put down $6.5 million. And we bought that building for $8.5 million. 
on that day. Can you believe it? How crazy is that? And the person that loaned us the six and a half million, they didn't want any principal payment. They only wanted 4% interest, which was like $21,500. I still remember that number, of course, a month. But it's like we bought the building. I mean, how insane is that? Understand, God is so much bigger than our greatest needs. Did you know that? Did you know that? God is so much greater than whatever your greatest need is. He is far more powerful than the faith that you and me exhibit on a daily basis. For when we ask him to fill our cup, let's not forget, God's the one who has filled the oceans. When we ask him for a ray of light in our present darkness, he's the one that surrounds us. Let us remember, he's the one who said, let there be light. And there was light. Yes, the creator of all things is our God, and his abilities extend so far beyond our finite little minds. And when it seems like he doesn't hear us, don't allow that silence to feed our minds with thoughts that God doesn't care about us. Consider what James said in James 1, 2. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. Yes, at 20 years old, I felt the call of God in my life. I was willing to wait, I don't know, maybe a month or two at 20 years old. But see, God's plan for me to be a pastor was going to need another 17 years of preparation. That means 17 more years of walking through the valley, 17 more years of walking through the desert, 17 more years of hardship and pain and all kinds of difficulties. And for me, that seemed like an eternity. Yet God was doing a refining work in my life. And maybe... Just maybe God wants to do a refining work in your life. Maybe you look around and you think, man, nothing's happening for me. Nothing's working out for me. Well, maybe. Have you ever thought that maybe God wants to do a refining work in your life? Do you know how they melt gold? Well, you're with fire, right? But you know what temperature it takes? Gold melts somewhere between 1945 and 1948 degrees. That's pretty hot. And when gold melts, it turns liquefied. And then what happens? Well, all the impurities in the gold start rising to the top. Now, the impurities are all dark colored. They're black and dark green and all of these different colors. Those are impurities, and they rise to the top. And so the goldsmith will start taking those impurities out. You know what they call those impurities? They call them slag. They tuck the slag out. So they melt the gold. It liquefies. And all of the slag starts rising to the top. The goldsmith starts skimming off the slag. And then when the goldsmith can see his reflection in the gold, because when gold is purified, 24 karat gold, when it's liquefied, it's like a mirror. You can literally see your face in it. So when the goldsmith can see his own reflection in the gold, he knows that it is purified. 
See, sometimes God allows the fire in our life. He turns up the flames. You're thinking, oh, God, how come you don't love me? How come you're doing this to me? It's like, wait a second. He's doing it because he does love you. Think about what he tells us about our own children. For those of you that are parents, he says, those who love their children, they will discipline them. But if you don't discipline your children, you hate them. You think, no, no, I love my baby. I'd never spank my baby. But it's like, if you allow your child to get away with total rebellion, you're not helping them. You're hurting them. I think about Revelation 3.19. It says, those whom the Lord loves, he reproves and he disciplines. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. I wonder if there's anyone listening on the radio right now that you're going through the fire. Is it possible? Is it possible in the farthest realm of your imagination that there's some sin going on in your life? There's some things that are not right. There's some rebellion. There's some areas in your life that you're not willing to give over to God. So God is allowing the fire in your life to be turned up to get the slag out of your life. Let me ask you just point blank. Got some holding on slag in your life? God wants to get the slag out so the fire's up so that he can refine you so that he can skim away the slag so that he can see the reflection of himself in you. Let me ask you right now, when people look into your eyes, do they see you or do they see the Lord? Whose reflection comes out of your life? So maybe you know this feeling right now. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're tired of waiting for something in your life. Maybe you've been waiting for life just to turn for the better. Well, don't ever give up. Because if what you've been praying about that's not coming through, if that's from God, well, guess what? It'll happen. If it's not from God, then you just have to trust that your heavenly Father knows best. And shouldn't we always just want His will over our will? For God's will involves His purpose and His plan. And His plan is far greater than our plan. Listen, that's why we at Core Church Los Angeles, that's why we teach the Word of God. That's why we're so consistent with teaching His Word. Because when you teach the Word of God book by book, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse, that's when you're able to get the full counsel of God's Word. And that's what it takes for us to grow as men and women of God. You have to hear the things you want to hear. But you also have to hear the things you don't want to hear. And the combination of the both is what causes us to grow. So it's the blessings of God, and it's also the cursings if we get involved with sin. We have to hear both sides. If you're going to a church right now, and you're never convicted in your heart, if you're never, like, convicted of sin, something's wrong with that church. Why is it that you're never convicted, especially if you're doing something wrong in your life? Why are you never convicted? Why are you never confronted? What's up with that? Listen, you should be in a place where you are being continually encouraged to grow. And if you're in sin, yet should be brought out in your life so that you can turn from that and get the slag out of your life. And if you get the slag out, hey, 
why not come on vacation with me? <laughs> you probably heard me talk about it before. We're doing the footsteps of Paul this October. And so, listen, after a year and a half of COVID, we're all ready to get away. So why don't you plan your vacation with me as we go over to the Greek Isles. And we will go to the footsteps of Paul where he started churches like Thessalonica, Corinth, and many others. And we will go to these places. We will see them firsthand on where Paul taught, where he established churches. We'll even go to the island of Patmos where the Apostle John wrote the book of Revelation. And we're even going to go to the island of Santorini. You're thinking, well, what happened biblically in, in the island of Santorini? Absolutely nothing, but it's the most beautiful island in the Greek Isles. <laughs> so we're just going to have a good time. So come and vacation with me. We'll have Bible devotions every day worship music. It'll be a great time to draw close to the Lord and close with other believers in Christ. So check us out at corechurchla.org. And yes, you can learn more about the Footsteps of Paul trip. All the information's on there and you can get signed up. Well, getting back here to our study here, we're going to look at the book of Acts for a second here. And we're going to look at this uh, one point here, unstable times. Let me read to you what it says in Acts 12.1. It says, Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. Yeah, this is, you know, Peter, James, and John. This is James of the sons of thunder here. And he was put to death. And when he saw that it pleased, this is Herod, that it pleased the Jews. And it's not just any Jews here. Look, all the disciples were Jews. Most of the people that supported Jesus, they were all Jews, as you know. It's like these were the political Jews, the Orthodox Jews, and they proceeded to arrest Peter also. And now it was during the days of unleavened bread that when he had seized him, that is seizing Peter, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending that after the Passover to bring him out before the people and kill him, basically. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. Yes, Herod here, who, you know, was wreaking havoc on the church, was the grandson of Herod the Great. He was a man who was possessed with personal charisma, and he coveted popularity. So he first had James, the brother of John, put to death. That scored him points with those orthodox political Jews. So he figured that he would also seize Peter and put him to death. And this caused an urgent prayer meeting. Yes, this time was unstable, to say the least, just like our country and our world here has been unstable this last year and a half. That's why we have to take time to pray. Why is it that we only take time to pray when an emergency knocks on the door of our lives? Shouldn't we have taken that time to pray before we made the big decision that went sour? Which brings up the second thought here, prayerful times. Verse 5 said the church was praying fervently, meaning they were praying intently without ceasing. Understand, this was not just a flippant or a casual prayer. This was a determined, a consistent prayer. They were focused and, and persistent. I wonder if that's how we pray. Do we pray like we mean it? Know this, when we pray like we mean it, God hears it like we mean it. It's called faith. I'm not talking about those prayers, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God. I'm talking about serious prayer. This type of prayer is the backbone of any successful believer. 
It's the epicenter of power for the church. Think about it. This type of corporate prayer with the church encompasses all believers to focus and to unite simultaneously on the same objective at the same time. This is the Christian's weapon of mass destruction against forces of wickedness. Let's see how those prayers of these faithful Christians, Christians just like you and me, Christians that had their back against the wall, Christians who felt hopeless and helpless, let's see how they unleash the power of God in this situation. Let me read you what it says in Acts 12, verse 6. It says, And on that very night when Herod was about to bring Peter forward, yeah, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, guards in front of the door watching over the prison, when an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and roused him up, said, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, Gird yourself up and put on your sandals. And he did so, and he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out, and Peter thought he was just having a dream here. He didn't think it was real. And when they had passed the first and second guard, and they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, it opened all by itself. And they went out and along the street, and immediately the angel departed from Peter, and Peter came to himself. Wow, that is crazy. Now, notice verse 6. How did we find Peter? Look, he's going to die in the morning. He knows he's going to die in the morning. Well, he was shaking. He was he was filled with fear. He's pacing back and forth in his cell. Oh, God, I'm going to die tomorrow. Uh, actually, no. Peter was sleeping like a baby. But how could he be sleeping like that? Hello, Peter. You're going to be executed in the morning. How can you be asleep? And not just any sleep, sound asleep. In fact, the angel comes in with a bright light. It doesn't even phase Peter. He's sleeping like a baby sawing logs. Well, Peter was a man, as we know now, who's at rest with his maker. His life was no longer in his hands. I wonder if we've come to a place where we've had the kind of peace that Peter had. You know, with this whole global pandemic, we're all going to die. And when some tragedy has stricken our lives, I mean, who knows what's happened in your life here in the last year and a half? Maybe on this day, you find yourself ridden with fear. Maybe today, as you're listening on the radio, you're faced with financial ruin from COVID. Maybe your marriage is falling apart. Maybe sickness or disease has targeted a family member. Maybe this doesn't look like 2021 is going to finish that good for you. But yet notice how Peter had peace in the midst of these horrible circumstances. Now listen, let me just ask you, what is your circumstance right now? Is it as bad as Peter's? Because Peter was going to die in the morning. I mean, certainly your circumstance is not as bad as Peter's, is it? He was going to die. So whatever you're faced with right now, family falling apart, teenager gone crazy, you know, loss of a loved one. Listen, God wants to meet you right where you're at. He wants to touch you. But I wonder if you're in a place in a position to really receive what God has for you. Let me just ask you point blank. Are you a believer? Or are you just listening to the radio? 
Because I listen to the radio and sometimes on the talk show with Frank Sontag and all of that. And, you know, maybe some of you people on the East Coast, maybe you just kind of stumbled on this radio station. and You're listening right now. Let me ask you, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Are you sure? Do you know that? You know, or what about maybe some of you are a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. And it's like you've walked away from the Lord. You're living in sin right now. And it's like you, you, you don't even know where you're at. Listen, if you want to get right with the Lord and you want to know that your sin's forgiven, you have to be willing to say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. And if you're willing to do that right now and repent, God will forgive you. And if that's you, you pray this prayer right now, and I promise you, God will hear you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe you were buried. But I believe you rose again from the dead. Come inside of me. Take my life. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to send you a Bible that's got all kinds of notes that can help you in your walk with the Lord. You email me your name and address to Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 